The Catholic and the War What should be the attitude of the Catholic in the present European war? The Catholic national, owning allegiance to his belligerent government, French or English, support the policy of war because his duty as a citizen demands it. But whether his duty as a Catholic demands it is quite another matter. Yet if we do not examine that prime question and answer it rightly, we shall be failing in the most important duty of the moment. The vicious habit of advocacy has become almost second nature with men in most modern European countries, and particularly in England. It is taken for granted that a statement on some subject, no matter of what importance, is made not on rational grounds, but on grounds of affection or interest, that the question is then examined as a higher lawyer would examine it, with the object of influencing the reader. The best case is made out not as a statement of the truth, but as the proposal of a plea. This vicious habit of mind poisons most of our public utterance today. It is at its worst in the wretched falsehood called propaganda, the whole object of which is to deceive and bias minds, whether neutral or ignorant, so that we shall bring them into a mood of supporting ourselves. To this point I will return later, but for the moment let us separate and emphasize the fundamental original question, what should be the attitude of the Catholic as Catholic towards the war quite apart from his national allegiance? What is his duty in the matter, not as a citizen, but as a member of the Church Universal? That is the point I propose to examine in the following pages. The first duty of a Catholic, because he is a Catholic, is to put reason at the service of truth. It is the business of a Catholic throughout life to do two things, to tell the truth and to use his reason. Of all names given to the innumerable shifting religious groups of our time, the name Catholic alone implies, in practice, a constant and careful use of the reason the recognition of reality. It is in this that we of the faith differ from all those around us. For their religions, or philosophics, are matters of emotion, attitudes to which they are led by habit or affection. We alone possess a system of philosophy which corresponds exactly to the known facts of human life, and explains that life, and informs it, and this advantage we enjoy because we attach particular and sacred value to truth that is, to reality as it is discovered by the human reason which we regard as the great gift of God to man, the gift whereby man resembles his Creator. Let us therefore not only despise, but forget all pleading, and consider only the fundamental issues of the conflict. When we have grasped these, we can decide whether that conflict involves great issues of right and wrong, and which alternative, our victory or the enemy's, would promise moral fulfillment. It is our business to inquire what victory of which antagonism would subserve the cause of justice. We must at the outset eliminate irrelevant matter. It is irrelevant to the issue to discuss, attack, or support any particular form of human government, save in so far as that government affirms principles contrary to the moral teaching of the Catholic Church. We have nothing to do as Catholics with the three main forms of political arrangement in society, monarchy, democracy, an oligarchy, generally but loosely called in modern speech aristocracy. A just war may well be fought in support of the principle of monarchy, or of the democratic principle, or to defend a cherished aristocratic system. But no Catholic can say, I support this war for democracy, or monarchy, or what not, because that form of government is alone consonant with true religion and philosophy, that is, with the Catholic scheme. It is not in vain that the supreme pontiffs have emphasized the indifference of the Church to the various forms of human government. It is in the very nature of the Catholic scheme that the Church should pronounce herself free from attachment to one political arrangement or to another. The organized Church, acting in a particular society, may well be connected with a certain form of government, 
as was, for instance, the Church of France until the end of the eighteenth century closely associated with the French monarchy, or as the Catholic priesthood and people in Ireland and Poland are inevitably nationalist. But the universal Church is not concerned with these local affections and necessities. We may as individuals be profoundly convinced of a direct and necessary connection between, let us say, egalitarian democracy and right living. We may, as individuals, find it difficult to understand how anyone can reconcile with his sense of justice the vesting of privilege and special powers of government in a group determined specially by wealth. But even with this last form of government, plutocratic oligarchy, the faith has no specific quarrel of its own. If people like that kind of thing, let them have it. It contradicts no doctrine of the faith. It runs counter to no moral precept. If in a society of this kind the rich were humble and used their power wholly to the glory of God and the good of their fellow men, they would be commendable as Catholics.